Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkan, and Dennis Dick with you this morning. We've got earnings, we've got ratings, we've got IPOs. Um, how are we doing this morning? Everything is pretty much up, especially Bitcoin. We're going to talk about Bitcoin in a second here, but Bitcoin's up, market's up, everything pretty much up in reaction to what Jerome Powell said yesterday. Our guest today, uh, we're going to talk biotech at 835. We've got Mark Charest on the show. He is the portfolio manager of the Alpha-Centric LifeSci Healthcare Fund. He has been bullish healthcare uh, biotech since the pandemic started. He's been right. So we're, we're going to talk about um, what he sees from that se- that sector going forward. That'll be at 8.35. Before I throw it to Joe, I want to remind you all to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and I'm going to bring up our disclaimer because it was brought to my attention that some people may not stay until the end of the show. And for those of you who dip out early, I want to put that up on the screen so you can see that all the in- in- information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. And now, Joel, I will bring you on here and tell us how high are we this morning? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, good morning, traders. It's go. and Spencer and Dennis up 18 and a quarter handles, 3712. Uh, caught a bid right off the open, only got a couple points below that closing price, pre-market low. 36.92 pre-market high 17.50 that's the highest the s&ps have ever been backed off here trading at 37.12 so that is a new new all-time high in the pre-market for the s&ps crude clears 48 dollars. we are up 37 cents at 48.37 working on that working towards 50 bucks gold in the green too by $27.60 at $18.86.60. Silver leading the up nearly 4% here, trading at $26, up 94 cents. And don't look now, folks. There's no such thing as a triple top. Bitcoin up 11%. $2,305 at $23,235. That's about as clean a breakout as you can get, Triple D. How you doing this morning? Mm, it's one of those mornings I'm kind of getting crushed a bit. You can't have any shorts on, I think. You just can't short anything. Just short nothing. Actually, my buddy just t- texted me, just coincidentally, the same thing. Said short nothing. <laughs> so anyway, I had a few shorts on. My longs are doing very well. I'm actually market neutral, but my shorts are just crushing me. So it's going to be an interesting day. This is how the market goes. Short nothing, I guess, because you've got the Fed chairman who doesn't Ooh. believe 
that. We don't care about inflation. We don't care about asset prices being too high. We just spiked the punch, and we're going to continue to spike the punch forever and ever. I actually wore this shirt here today just for you guys. It's my Arnold shirt. It says, get to the chopper. And the okay. reason I wore this shirt here today is actually in honor of Helicopter Ben because he would just throw out the free money. So we have even better than Helicopter Ben, though. We have Helicopter Powell, and he spikes the punch better than any Fed chairman that we've ever had in the history of the Fed. He even when there's a he says if we if we get a sign of inflation, even if we get a sign, we're not concerned about that right now. We want a little more inflation. And we know, obviously, we've talked about this on the show at a lot of times where, you know, they've lied to us. You know, there's a lot of inflation. You can read articles out there, how they calculate it. And obviously, housing doesn't get really much more weight than televisions. I mean, it's all just stupid the way they calculate it. You know, you can look at the big things, which is education, which is housing, which is food, which is energy. And all of those things are up substantially in the last 20 years. I mean, and university education is up from where I used to pay. I was looking at the University of Windsor. I paid $2,200 a semester. Guess how much it is now? 12000 Yeah, it's eight to $9,000 a semester. But we have only apparently went up 30% overall, 30 to 40% since then in prices. But our educational funds are up, our educational costs went up 300% that time period. Housing prices, my buddy back in the year 2000 used to build for 100 bucks a square foot. Now you build for 300 to 400 a square foot. I'm talking Canadian dollars, so you can knock it down a little bit U.S., but you're 250 to 350 U.S. to build. But, you know, we don't consider that either. And obviously houses have went up, energy has went up. So we consider it, but we don't give it any more weight. We give it the same weighting as televisions, basically. So the way they calculate is all nonsense. You do have inflation. If they calculate it the way they did back in 1980, we'd be cooking at 7 or 8 or 10% right now. And that's really where the inflation rate really is. And with with the pandemic, with COVID, it's a hell of a lot higher than that. But they're going to continue to lie to us. So they continue to spike the punch and everybody can continue to remain happy as markets continue to inflate. But what does it do? We can't fight the Fed. So we just go along with it. It increases asset prices. And you are seeing a melt-up. A melt-up in Bitcoin. A melt-up in U.S. stocks. A melt-down in U.S. dollars. Why? Because... They keep printing the damn things, so there cannot be, you know, a continuous run into U.S. dollars when they're just handing them out for free. So this is why the markets continue to do what it does. Thank you, Jerome Powell. If you like seeing your prices go up, if you don't like inflation, well, too bad for you. You're getting it. Do either of you know what the current S&P multiple of the, I'm sorry, PE multiple of the S&P 500 is? Because I know, I just looked it up. I have no idea, but 22? I'd imagine it's probably cooking near the higher highs. 25, 26? It's, it's, you wish, Joel. It was 37, actually. Oh, wow. What was it? Can we go back? What was it during the tech bubble in 1999, 2000? I, don't, I, I don't think, think it got up to like 40. Did they not have it then? It, uh, well, I think it? they had it. I just don't. Was it I thought high? like 47. I'll tell 47. you. It got it up near like 45. 45. It, like 40, so we are not far off of paying the highest multiples we have ever paid for, at least since 1999. So when we say welcome to 1999, we mean it. We're getting close to that. Um, Again, though, one thing to consider is that obviously this year, if you're basing on this year's earnings, this year's earnings were slammed because of COVID. 
So the earnings could come up, which would make that multiple look more reasonable, probably, if you're looking at it going forward, looking at it, you know, maybe even comparatively to last year's earnings. So, you know, that's the bull case. But I mean, when you got interest rates kicking around, I mean, Canada has come out, HSBC, uh, God bless HSBC, they've come out with a with an under 1% mortgage, under 1%, sub 1%. You can borrow money, fixed five-year, under 1%. That is absolutely, people I don't think would have ever thought we would get to that, but that is what we have got to. Under 1%, you can borrow money for. Incredible. Incredible. And this is going to be an historic moment here on uh, PMP. Talk to me. Okay. So, you know how I like to make things up, right? And then they go go viral. You dream things up. No, this is just. The dreams come out. No, no, no. This, I just came up with this. I just can't. I just wrote it down and we're going to need the chat and we're going to need everyone to contribute and help on this. Okay. I got two nicknames for Jerome Powell. Oh, excellent. I like new nicknames because helicopter Jerome just doesn't kind of ring that. I'm thinking of Jerry the juicer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's pretty good. I like that. Or pump and Powell. Oh. Pump and Powell. It's got to be Pump okay. and Powell. How about, wait, how about Jack Pod Jerome? No? Is that not, uh, not bad that's either? Okay. Right. That's okay. That's Pump and Powell. I vote. Okay, so we're going to take this to the chat. <laughs> going forward on pre-markets prep, we are calling him either, what? give him to us again, Joel. I'm already forgetting. Jerry, My goldfish memory. Jerry the Juicer. Jerry the Juicer. That's going to be number one. One for Jerry the Juicer. Two for Pump and Powell. So vote one for Jerry oh. the Juicer, two for Pump and Powell. You like Pump and Powell, you go two. A lot of people are writing Pump and Powell, in, but you're two or put your one. You know, it's a lot of Pump and Powell. Oh, it's loaded. Oh, it's it's unanimous. Okay. It's like 90%. Pump okay. and Powell it is. Okay. And you're going to so hear well, this. My shirt, shirt kind of works for this, too, because you got Arnold <laughs> pumping up the market. And you know you what? You are going to see this now. I want to wait. I got to go. I got to go trademark this. I got to do you know That's very difficult. Yeah, because you know what? CNBC is going to say this later today. Within, I'd say yeah, within, Kramer will probably say it this morning. I got yeah. a new nickname for him. It's going to be Pump and Powell. And you know what? They don't credit us for any of the stuff that they steal from our show. But, anyways, we know they like to. Anyways, well, we'll take some of their content. Too. You know what? So I we think, talk about I'm we talk about Kramer all the time. So I guess they have the rights to steal our stuff as well. I think I'm I think I'm done for the day. I mean, I don't think I could do anything better than for our. What about Jim Kramer who pumps stocks? What are we gonna name nickname for uh, Pump and Jim? Because uh, uh, well, you gotta go Deuce with and the, Jim. Um, uh, you're throwing me off here. I, mean, uh, I know you weren't ready taking... for Jim. I was trying to throw you under the bus here. We need a nickname for him too because we talk Kramer on the show all the time, and he has been pumping stocks like nobody's business. If there's anybody who pumps stocks more than Jerome Powell, it might be Jim Kramer. So right. he's been on fire. He talks a stock and it just, he just, you know, just talks a tongue in cheek and it goes up five, 10%. So MP was the latest one yesterday. That's okay, let's let's get off to stocks. It's 25. We are, we're 25 to 29 on the Kramer pump. We love Kramer though, because you know what? He gives us trading ideas and you know what? These things get juiced and you can trade them too. I mean, there's lots of things to trade. So MP. we love pumping Powell. I have no idea, though. Um, What's just, the name it, of this stock that you just gave me? MP. Yeah, MP Materials. This stock has went from $10 a week and a half ago. No, I'm sorry. It was November the 6th. So a month ago, it was 10 bucks. 
Now we're talking $29. I don't know. Where's the party end? Who knows? We got pumping Powell. We got pumping Jim. They were pumping it last night. He says, Jim Cramer says, wait for a pullback to buy this one. They don't wait. Nobody waits. The thing's up. I feel like he always says that too. Yeah, wait for a pullback because he knows when it comes out of his mouth, the algos are going to rip it up 10%, and they always do. So it it's it literally rips up before you even see it come. There must be like an algorithm that's like co-located at the CNBC studio. Then when it comes out of Jim Cramer's mouth, it rips up because by the time it hits my screen, it's already ripped up on the on the algorithm there. So you got the CNBC co-located uh, algorithm that just feeds off of Jim Cramer's mouth. It makes a lot of money. I'll tell you that. But anyways, MP, wow, it's up again. Am I getting on board here? Hell no. This thing, I've missed this. This is a rocket ship. It's gone. If you traded it yesterday on the Kramer pump, congratulations. You're rewarded once again. I did get down dirty a little bit in there yesterday just because it's fun and it's moving around. But, I mean, the, the moves here off CNBC are incredible. But, again, this fits the description. You know, that's what they're talking about. You talk about Ford or GM on CNBC. It's not going to move much. You talk about these little SPACs, they rip them higher on them because this is where the money wants to go. It wants to get rich fast. Nobody likes getting rich slow anymore. And I guess no. when you got Pumpin' Powell out there, he's allowing people to get rich fast. So at least, you know, on, on paper, and even though these U.S. dollars keep getting devalued. But wait, give us a technical on MP. I, I think you still look at yesterday's high, 20, or two days ago, 29.85. Can he get up over that? Because if he can't get up over that, the pump and Kramer could be buying the top. Yeah, I, I thought it looked like 30 to me uh, the other day, but you're right. Is that exact? So that that's really the only number I can give you is that high uh, a few days ago, and that was 29.85. So there's your target, you know, above 30. You got to break out really. Haven't hit there yet. That's actually that same person, he, she, or whomever a bot they're still out there this morning. So, I mean, it's resistance until now hit 29.85. Uh, I'm looking at this as a, it's a rare earth supply chain for the United. What was that? Rare. What was that rare earth company? Wasn't it like rare? No, it wasn't. That was a few a years quote. ago. I remember. Spitter. I thought it was rare. And was it rare? And that nah, thing, I don't know. We're going back a while. Was it, it, was, it was like 2012, 2013. Yeah. Maybe that changed symbols to something else. I uh, thought it was rare. It, and it, it went to the moon and then it came crashing down. So I can't remember, but just keep an eye. 2985, 30 old time closing high was probably made yesterday. And that was made at, uh, boom, boom, boom. I think it was a Chinese company too. Uh, old time closing high is 2823. So there's, there's 30 your- bucks. That's your resistance yeah, point. Can it get up over that? I mean, eventually the SPAC bubbles, you know, it has burst in a few of these stocks here, but it's starting to come back around. Just like we talked XPEV and that's not a SPAC, but you know, I had a couple of days there. Neo had the offering, the offering once again, we talk about these floors once you get the price and it never even got down there. I think the offering was 39. It got to 39.51. It couldn't quite get down there. And then it bounces off of it. So it gives you a nice floor to trade off of. So congratulations to the Neo Longs who bought it off of that floor. I know there's a lot of Arab traders out there that use those as floors and they buy the stocks there. And when the stocks are in uptrends, they seem to continue to go higher off of those offering prices. So that one worked there too, Neo, at least in the short term. But jump around here. I mean, we got a bunch of stocks actually that reported earnings. We had one really? last night. We actually had a home builder report earnings, Joel. And it, and it actually stayed up. 
it went yeah. higher. Yeah, well, look well, at him oh. pull the wool over her eyes on that one because it's been like 25 times in a row where a home builder reports they pop it and drop it. They actually did pop it and drop it, but then they popped it again. And you know what? Now it's going to stay up here for a while. So, Lenar, L-E-N, give us those numbers. Yeah, $2.82 on their earnings per share versus a $2.37 estimate, so they beat that number. Revenue also beat $6.8 billion versus $6.65 billion. Uh, you know, we, we knew this was going to happen. Lenar beats almost every quarter. Every quarter. They, ha- they haven't missed on an estimate. Uh, they missed, uh, well, let's see, one twice in the last. Molly Corp. It was Molly Corp. Twice in the last three years they've missed. So. Molly Corp. That was the name of that company, Dennis. No, we weren't even close. Yeah, I can't think of what this symbol was, but. Uh, uh, I mean, you hit 77.80. I can't really give you anything there. You do have one daily high in that area at 77.56, but I think you you got another buck up before you hit major resistance, and that's in the upper 78 handle. It's already up 271. So if you're looking for more, I'd, I'd even go out ahead of all those highs. It's uh, 78.62, 78.95, 78.75. So if you're looking for more, about another buck, you have some major resistance, pre-market high. It's holding up here, but... I'm sure it will do. It will move around pretty good today. But see, the upper upper 78s looks like uh, potential resistance. I mean, there. If you think it's coming right back in like it always does, the problem is it's traded for a lot of hours now, and it hasn't. So that makes me think that it actually might hold on to these gains for once. You know, they switch in the script on us a bit there. Um, Eighty dollars is huge resistance if it was to get up there ever. I mean, so to kind of you're right, Joel. You're kind of in the middle of nowhere here, so it's Tough. not really a setup here. Yeah, and I can't really like if I like if uh, you buy it, then you're like, wow, it loses seventy six fifty. What the hell are you gonna do, right? Uh, there's yeah. not much in there, so. Uh, but that's a look. That's a look at Lenar and Len. So finally, an earnings report this week. You've got Accenture just ripping higher, and it's up twenty bucks. I mean, they're just nuts when a company beats. It seems like they just, you know. And again, it's the whole short nothing thesis here. If you think you know you're gonna short it and make money on an earnings, I mean, if they drop them, they seem to pop them back anyways. And when they rip them, sometimes they keep ripping them. It's such a bias, straight up bloody market it's kind of sickening to watch but i mean at the same time it's understandable so accenture i don't even know what the report is but i see it up 19 dollars, assuming they blew it away the eps beat the sales beat and they had better than expected guidance for the quarter and for the year that's all good news i mean you're here you're making new all-time highs when a stock's making new all-time high i take the short button i throw it off the keyboard because we know stocks can do anything and if you have been trying to fade moves and big rip moves, sometimes they work. A lot of times they just keep ripping higher. So I'm just hands off here. I'll watch it from the sidelines. Yeah, it's also a high price stock, far above the uh, old time high. Uh, that old time high was a couple weeks ago at 253.93. So that's in the rear view mirror. So if you get a look at that, that may be potential support. And uh, right now, just this would be one. The only thing I would say, keep a high on that pre-market high, right? You know, at 929 and 59 seconds, and then you know, see if it takes that out. Use that. Right now, it's 267.57, up on about 20,000 shares. This is also a PLC traded in Ireland, so you've already had some price discovery. 
All right, I'm bored with the earnings stocks. Let's talk Moderna. <laughs> they are going to have, obviously, they had a couple of bad days with the Jefferies downgrade yesterday, which really hit, or two days ago, which really hit the stock. Um, we got the advisory committee, I believe, today, Spencer, is it? MRNA? Yeah, but the documents were already out a couple of days ago. So, I mean, like, we know what they're going to say, right? We know they're going to say that the vaccine works and that the FDA should approve it. So. Okay. So if we know what they're going to say, this is the simplistic market, though, that probably rallies it anyways. So I don't know. Is there a play you here, know, Joel, you know, to we buy the dip in Moderna? We should ask our guest on when he's on in 15 minutes, because I'm sure he knows more about this than we do. Uh, but Who's our guest again? Uh, Mark Charest who, uh, from LifeSci. Okay, that is a good guest to have on for this. I mean, long term here, I think Moderna is going to look a lot like Pfizer and eventually give a lot of it back. Um, we saw, you know, but we had the relentless pump. And if you're looking for a trade, maybe you get a little pop ahead of it. You're seeing it this morning. People, you know, expecting, okay, they're going to approve it. So I'm going to get down and dirty in here. And, you know, maybe they buy a little bit ahead of it. But you know what's been quiet, too? We're two days away from getting Tesla into the index. And it's not getting much love here. It's very crowded. So I keep expecting, you know, a pop up here and we're not seeing it. I thought it would happen Tuesday. I thought it would happen maybe Wednesday. I even thought it could see 700 before. And it looks like it's not going to do that. We're running out of time. And that just telling you, it's very crowded. I still think you might get a little lift, but now 650 becomes huge resistance. It's going to be interesting tomorrow's fireworks when it actually gets added in. So is I mean, it the Moderna, closing Tesla, price? Is it, the, is that, is it the, the opening price or the close is closing price? Closing price. Closing so on Friday's close is when they got to get because <laughs> it's got to be on them open on Monday. So they're going to be buying on Friday's close, the wow. indexers. But here is the question. Is the anticipatory money, I've asked this, you know, the anticipatory money being, and we've talked about this, is it greater now in the stock? Because there is literally 200 points this has run in anticipation of this. Is the anticipatory money now larger than the index money that's going to come into it? If it is, the stock will go down. So that's, you know, why at this point in time, you know, you're expecting a pop, but it's so heavy. I mean, unbelievably really heavy the last two days ahead of this. That it makes me think there's a lot of people spooked. Do we get this one little oomph here? I think you do. I think you get an oomph. I do believe, I've said this, it's going to, I think Tesla's going to put in its top either, you know, I said day before or day after. So we're talking like Thursday, Friday, or Friday is the day of. So Thursday is the day before, Friday is the day of, Monday is the day after. I believe Tesla's going to put in its high for the next 52 weeks somewhere within this so if you're long tesla i think there's some people that are nervous and ringing the register here now because there's a lot of money that's sitting in here now again anything can happen we got you know we got powell just pumping everything up maybe tesla comes out with some other stuff you know and everybody sees it as the technology company which a lot of people including arc investments believe it is um so you know i maybe shouldn't go out on a limb like that but you know i'm making calls what we try to do we try to give you our thoughts and give you ideas and give you our calls and it's run a long ways into this event. So maybe it's maybe it's kind of, you know, just settling in here because the anticipatory money is really heavy in it. Scott Deere is saying, uh, could the indexers have already purchased what they need to? Usually, pop- no. Because you don't because, know what price. Well, you're not following the index. And I mean, if you've got Tesla <laughs> in your index right now, your index isn't supposed to have, your S&P tracking index isn't supposed to have Tesla in it yet. So you're not really tracking your index. But it doesn't mean there is a lot of people that are going to be selling into this event, too. There's a lot of people who are sitting long right now 
the people who have bought it for the last 200 points. Why wouldn't you sell now? Why wouldn't you sell now? Why would you? There is. You, that's why you're seeing it weak the last day or two, because yeah. you're seeing people lock it in and they're like, maybe I, we're I not going to get this pop. And I don't want to be held holding the bag here because eventually there's going to be some bag holders here. At least that's what I think. And I think a lot of people in the market think it too. I mean, it has run up 40%. If 40% for you now in the S&P, typically a stock gets added to the S&P. Sometimes they don't even go up. This is up 40%. Yeah, and you maybe you have a little bit of the market Why would you there, wait? but for the most part. If you were so inclined to, you know, and you got on this and this was your strategy, I mean, you're probably up a lot of money already. I mean, what are you going to- 450 you know, to 620. Are you yeah, sitting why? around for the last 20 bucks, 30 bucks? That's the question. I thought when it was getting to 650, I thought it was two days ago, I thought it was making a run and maybe it could pop to You made seven. a good call on I, that I don't day think that so. was down. You made a good call on the way when it went down. You said you think this is like the- Last week when it got down to the 560, 570. Right. Actually um, but then I, I kept on the bull train there. I haven't traded it at all. I haven't really traded Tesla much in the last week and a half. Um, I kind of want to buy it because I think it's going to get that pop up here at the end. But then I'm like, I've seen this- I've seen them pull the rug out from under it before too. So I think there's going to be enough index money that actually does get a little bit of a lift into it. But I think there's, I didn't consider how much people, there's so many people hiding in here saying yeah. the indexers got to come in. It's got to go up. And I will tell you one thing I've learned from the markets, <laughs> stocks don't have to do anything. Okay. And I've been burned. I, I got burned back on the Russell rebalance. I had all the things and, you know, a few bright traders listening to me. There was a bunch of us that got burned. We had it all figured out. We were buying all the ads and it it worked the year before. You buy all the ads, sell all the deletes, and you just rake in the money. And they pulled the rug out from it on the Thursday, the Friday before. It's always on the fourth Friday they do the rebalance. And they took those ads and they hammered them. And they hammered them. And I was like, oh, we are on the wrong side of this. This was a crowded trade 101. And we got hammered. This is Tesla. It is crowded. Don't kid yourself. It is very crowded long right now. So the question is, is the crowded trade bigger than the indexers? I don't know if anybody has the answer to that. Counterpoint, when has it ever paid to sell Tesla? Literally. It never has. It's on near all-time highs. That's my point. That, when has it paid to sell anything, Spencer? Every time <laughs> I sell a stock, I feel like a genius for about 48 hours. And then I feel like an idiot. Because the stocks just continue higher. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, that was a great sale. Stock, you know, stock comes from 10 to 20. I sell at 20 thinking that was a good lock. And it goes down to 17. And then three days later, it's 25. And I'm like, that was a stupid sale. I mean, when you got uh, pumping Powell, just pumping the tires and pumping the markets up, it really doesn't pay to sell stocks. And you know what? I'm almost, I feel like I'm almost too comfortable. Like, I'm all in. I'm in on this market. I'm never all in. And I'm pretty much all in right now. I bought Bitcoin. I was buying, I bought a bunch of Qs, you know, a month ago because I was like, I just loaded up. And I'm like, usually I'm sitting with a pile of cash, you know, watching on the sidelines. I was like, you know what? This cash sucks because the US dollars are going straight down. They're deflating the value of the dollar and they're pumping the value of assets. I'm like, I got to get in stuff. So I'm like buying real estate. I'm buying stuff. I'm like, I'm actually probably the crash is going to hurt me for the first time. I don't have hardly, I don't have hardly any cash right now. Uh, 80% cash in March. Let's I'm just, all in. I'm let's probably, just, I'm probably going to crash now. <laughs> let's just pick a number, right? And use that as our barometer. I'm going to work some, uh, you know, some other numbers tonight for, uh, for a couple buddies. Uh, but this is called 650. 
I mean, you, you see 654.32 is the all-time high. 651.28 was another oh, high. Show us the chart. Oh, sorry. Uh, and then your all-time closing high is 649.88. So what it's going to do, trade above, trade below, trade in between, I will just say that I'm just going to try and keep an eye on that number. And if it blasts to 680, comes back down to 650, then take the momentum on the downside. If it, you know, if it blasts, you know, if it goes up and, you know, just hold, just that's the number, 650. And the other, it did go down. It did go down after the split. It jammed people after the split uh, along with Apple, but that was part of the September tech wreck. So, yeah, it, you know, Spencer's right. It didn't pay to sell then because it came back. But that's and I kind of look at this as a similar event uh, to that. So um, that's it. That's what uh, that's what I'm like. Six fifty in Tesla, eight twenty nine. Dennis uh, jobless claims. Oh yeah, thirty. We know they're going to be bad. Um, I don't want you to get I picked should, off. I should get out. I should move my orders. Nice. Well, you should keep your business. Doesn't even there. move. Will keep- it move? I'm not even going wide. Watch me get picked off and just get buried right now. <laughs> just, just keep I'm saying crickets. I'm calling crickets. I even put my money where my mouth is because I didn't cancel my orders. Look, crickets. 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 We've got housing starts. We've got job assignments. Oh, it's going it, down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it, okay. Wow. Oh, so, by the dip. So it, it, it was <laughs> worth- one point dip there. It was worse than expected. 885,000 jobless claims filed last week versus 800,000 estimate. Uh, so again, that, that's that's actually more than last week and more than the estimate. So not a, not a good number, um, but not typically a market mover. Jeannie Weaver wants to know if you still hold on a little tad of that NCLH. I yes, I am. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Isn't that funny? Uh, yeah. You know what? I haven't sold much. You know, and usually I'm locking in the profits as I'm picking them up, you know, and I, I regret not selling the Palantir, obviously, because I bought that perfectly and the thing went to 30 and I didn't sell it. But I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like everything's going to continue to go up here. And then we, we're just setting up. I mean, the Santa Claus rally got Powell. I, I don't think we've topped out yet. And, you know, obviously there's going to be a serious sell off here coming one day. This is not that easy where stocks just continue to go up. But really, when you put it in perspective. Have the mega caps really had this melt up yet? Not really. Apple's just starting to get perky. I mean, Amazon sat and done nothing for a while. It's been a SPAC rally. It's been a small cap rally. But, you know, a a lot of the mega caps, which is stocks that I hold, have really done nothing. Google's been sitting here doing nothing. And then I was trying to, like, comb the ditches, you know, and try to find, like, what hasn't gone? What story stock of 2020 hasn't gone or has been consolidating? You know what I came up with? I don't have it yet, so I can freely talk about it. Not pumping it. I uh, I'm probably gonna maybe buy it after the show. Um, but what do you think? I told you guys. Take it. We're gonna give you the chat five seconds to figure it out. Story stock and consolidation station. I'll even tell you it was it closed at one hundred thirty nine dollars. I, I cheated. I cheated. I cheated. Yeah. I cheated on the. I put the chart up, Dennis. I'm sorry. Oh, you did. It's already up there, so everybody knows. It's beyond me. Joel guessed it. BYND is in consolidation station right now. Um, I just like the setup here. You know what? Stop yourself out. Maybe get the undercut and it nails you on your stop. But it's a stock that's storied. I mean, it makes no sense to be worth what it's worth. Don't. I'm not sticking to my long-term portfolio. But as a trade here, we're consolidating. 
all it takes is one analyst to come out and say, oh, I like Beyond Meat, and it's boom, it's 160 bucks. So anyways, I'm looking at that one as a potential one that hasn't gone yet. Um, there's a lot of things that have already gone, but that was a storied stock of 2020 that's sitting here doing nothing. Maybe it's, you know, looking relative strength is poor. Maybe you don't want it for that reason. I would stop myself out under 134 if I was trading. You know, I would, I, I, without looking farther back, I said, wow, look how long of that consolidation it had. But look at this consolidation from uh, middle of July. To, that was a two month consolidation. So I stayed, Where are you looking? I, Which one there? I'm looking. Yeah, this is uh, beyond back remember in the summer. I, yeah, I remember I said, wow, what a long consolidation. Yeah. But look at that consolidation. It could I mean, go. Yeah. It could go. It might not go. I mean, it's been sitting here. Why is today going to be the day? You know, it's been sitting here and hanging out doing nothing for 10 days. I think it needs a catalyst. It probably needs yep. an analyst to come and, you know, raise their price target or Juice come out bullish. Yep. And you know what? Maybe you should wait for that day. Maybe you see that analyst come out and then it's going to give it the gears. But you got to be fast. And those ratings changes, you know, they rip them higher and they don't look back. I mean, FUBO. Uh, got some love from Wedbush yesterday, and then they gang up, and RBC, I believe, gives us some love today. And boom, boom, Fubo and the Consolidation Station for three days, and I'm long Fubo, full disclosure, still lying from Mitch back at 13. And it's you know looking like it's ready to break out to new highs here again. The story here is awesome. I think, in my opinion, streaming sports, it's what I said and why I don't cut the cord is because I want my sports. Well, if I can start streaming them, Maybe I go get a Fubo TV and I completely cut the cord with uh, my inner, my cable provider. All right, uh, a little bit of a little bit teeny eensy weensy retreat here uh, in the S and P's thirty seven ten. Mid range is down at 0475. so not no big deal here. A little bit a little bit of pullback after that eight thirty number. Uh, Spencer, you got you got some more things for us to cover. Uh, I want to go to our guest here. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, time flies. We're having fun. And then I, I, I promise we'll get to Roku after Mark. But uh, Mark Charest is a founding partner at, Life, at uh, LifeSide Fund Management. He's also the portfolio manager of the Alpha-centric LifeSide Healthcare Fund. Mark, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Where are you right now? <laughs> good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm down here in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, wow. You can't see, but I'm enjoying a view of the beautiful beach here. Oh, nice. It's snowing where we are. So, um, Mark, you uh, made some comments earlier in the year, back in I think March or April. You said you're very bullish on the ability of the healthcare industry to to step up and develop, uh, you know, a vaccine. And you you were right. Um, so I, I guess the first thing I want to start off with Moderna. The the Adcom meeting is is today. And what are expectations for that? Yeah, I think expectations are broadly in line with what we saw for the Pfizer-BioNTech Advisory Committee meeting a week ago. Uh, you know, I think the agency's briefing documents spelled out very clearly the enthusiasm for the data. Um, this is a highly efficacious vaccine. The safety profile looks good for what we've observed to date. Um, and I think we should expect, um, uh, you know, a resounding support uh, in the committee vote later today. Mark, I mean, the bottom line, and I've been just wanted you guys, you or Paula, come on for, for quite some time here. Uh, you know, there's headlines and, you know, it, it's good. It's been good for Pfizer and Pfizer's had a major run. It's given all of it back the last couple of days. I mean, where where's the bottom line on this for someone like Pfizer is such a huge company? You know, how much is that going to add to its earnings? And then Moderna, one trick pony. I mean, it's great we have the vaccine. I'm just, I'm trying to find 
where the value is. Can you put a dollar value on what the vaccine is going to be for Pfizer, Moderna, and BNTX? Okay, so let me try to frame it up for you. And this is a question we get a lot, and we've spent some time doing some math on it ourselves. So, so let's just look at the market capitalization for you know, sort of the favorite five vaccine stocks as you are right now. So that's Moderna, 55 billion market cap. Uh, that's um, uh, BioNTech, that's about 25 billion market cap as of this morning. CureVex, 20. Novavax and Anobulus rounded out for another 10 for both of those. So that's 110 billion right there, okay? And I'm not even counting the big boys, right? I'm not counting the market cap moves for uh, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, uh, GSK, Merck, Sanofi. You know, we're not even including that, right? So the 110 billion we just went through, um, let's just do the math on ourselves. So what? So assuming a 5X revenue multiple, which is sort of about where you get to for a lot of these therapeutics programs, that's implying a $22 billion annualized revenue stream from vaccines. If you attribute the vaccine value to this $110 billion of market cap, right? Okay, so, so 22 billion annualized. How should we think about this market after the pandemic phase? Well, we think the flu market is the right proxy to, to look at, right? So the, the annual flu market's been around a long time. It's been established. It's about 400 million doses annually. It's about a $4 billion annual revenue market. So you, we have to assume to justify these current valuations that we're going to be, you know, a 5X or more multiple of what the flu market is annualized. So, so you know, you see where I'm getting at, right? I mean, it's hard to get there on the map. So at this point in time, you look at a stock like Moderna that, you know, has had this incredible run. I mean, we're talking about a stock that at the beginning of 2020 is $18, now 137. You're telling me a lot of the good news potentially priced in. Oh, for sure. It, you know, Moderna was almost um, 70 billion market cap a couple of days ago before this little pullback, right? But let's just look at some other companies in the space that are trading around that level. So, you know, Regeneron's about... $60 billion market cap, $8 billion, you know, fantastic inline franchise. Gilead, $75 billion market cap, $23 billion of revenue. $23 billion of revenue for $75 billion market cap. Okay, that's discounted, and there's other issues with that stock we can get into. Um, but uh, one more, Vertex, right? Vertex is in the $50 billion market cap range, has what some consider to be the best growth story in biotech with their CF franchise. It's got beautiful double-digit top and bottom line growth. Uh, really fantastic innovator, great balance sheet, and that's trading at a discount. So, you know, I, I think if you look at those comps and you really do this math that we just went through, the back table math on the market opportunity, basically you have to price Moderna as, you know, success across a broad uh, set of their pipeline assets to get anywhere near the current valuation. What, what else do they have cooking besides the vaccine? Like that's what, you know, I don't follow the company other than, you know, vaccine do they have some other stuff that could eventually make this you know valuation sustainable well so i think the exciting part of that story is that um you know using this uh you know mrna technology you can target a lot of different you know you can target a pretty broad cross-section of diseases so you can do a lot of a lot with vaccines you can do them very quickly as we've seen um clearly demonstrated here you know they're looking at you know oncology targets for vaccines and many other things they, they probably have you know, their R&D day, they articulated, you know, a couple dozen programs potentially here. So there's a lot there, but, but appreciate that a lot of that is really early stage and really, you know, not in the clinic and not, they don't have proof of concept in human beings for a lot of that, those earlier programs. So the potential's there. So, you know, in, in, in the context of, you know, making it a story stock, the story does hold, 
right? And, and if there's enough people that believe in the story, you can certainly get, and that's why it's trading where it is today. Similar with beyond tech, right? I mean, 25 billion market cap there, you can make the same argument in that technology. It's, it's thematically very similar to what Moderna is doing. So, you know, there, there's a lot of potential there, but I hearken back to, you know, remember when the original, um, uh, you know, siRNA companies came out when Merck bought Cerna. This is going back, you know, you know, 15 years or something. Um, you know, there was all this initial promise because you know you could you could make similar arguments for that technology that you know the, the interference RNA technology you can do with this mRNA technology. And it took a long time to get real drugs approved. Look, look at Al Nilem, look at Ionis, right? It took many many years. You know, 10 years before they first got their drug approved. So I think that. You know, the seasoned investors look at those comps and they're a little more cautious on, you know, giving full credit to the pipelines for these companies. What about Novavax? Is it in the same, you know, story here, NVAX? Because, you know, there's another one that's obviously, you know, it's went from $3 to 124 here now, all on the story of, you know, saving the world from the coronavirus. Um, is this the same type of uh, story here as Moderna, in your opinion? little different. So Novavax is, is advancing a protein-based vaccine, which is a little different. So they don't have this broader, you know, mRNA, we're going to you know, be able to drug every target story. It's not there. What they do have, though, is really capable execution. And, um, you know, from what we've seen of their data to date, it looks pretty promising. So they're running their phase three. We'll, we'll hopefully see that uh, phase three data early next year. But I'd say that Novavax is much more I would say um, limited to a couple of vaccines and, and probably their valuation is more closely tied exclusively to um, the uh, COVID vaccine opportunity. And that's why it's trading at, you know, 8 billion and not 55. Um, Mark, I, I don't know if this is in your wheelhouse, but do you have any insight into the, the effect of these vaccines on, on the retailers like CVS or Rite Aid or Walgreens and, and, and how it can impact their bottom lines? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, just from our, our view of traffic, we think that it will likely increase traffic a lot, you know, to some of these, um, you know, outlets and to the extent that, you know, traffic is translating to incremental purchases. Um, you know, we, we filed on only uh, Walgreens in our portfolio, the alpha-centric portfolio. Um, you know, it's something we track and, and we think that, um, you know, the uptick in, in certainly um, foot traffic is going to be an incremental tailwind. What about Inovio? I haven't heard about that name for... For a hot second yeah they, they've had some issues with manufacturing they have a korean partner and they've had some back and forth there i think they've had a little bit of trouble and 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 their their um their phase one immunogenicity data perhaps wasn't as robust um so i think that one is um maybe falling falling behind a little bit if i can go back to what something you said earlier uh, about gilead uh what is holding gilead back right now so Gilead, I think there's been quite a bit of disappointment in some of the capital deployments. So, um, you know, they just did an update yesterday with the Galapagos collaboration on Fogotnib. So Gilead announced they're not going to go forward for U.S.-based approval for rheumatoid arthritis um, because FDA is being really difficult about this high, this 200 milligram dose, which is the high dose and which has the best efficacy. So they, you know, their view is that it wouldn't be as competitive in the marketplace. You know, RA is, is you know, I think we can all appreciate it's a very competitive market. Um, and so, you know, I think that it's, it's sort of a show me story that said, right. It's, it's very cheap, you know, it's trading at a single digit earnings multiple. It's got almost a 5% yield and, you know, it's, it's got a very strong free cash flow. You know, the HIV business is very robust. The immunomedics purchase earlier in the year, although it was a little bit expensive, um, you know, that's a real asset. And I think that there's good enthusiasm for that, the earnings power of that asset over time. So I, I think folks are looking at the story and thinking, gee, you know, 
It's really cheap. And, you know, it's in the penalty box a little bit for some of the capital deployment missteps, but um, there's a lot of potential, I think, for 2021 for that stock. Um, you know, let's look at valuations more broadly across other areas of, of, of uh, you know, healthcare even, um, or even outside of healthcare. And to see something valued in this, in sort of this range with the cash flow it's generating just seems overly discounted in this exuberant market. Uh, so this is going to be, uh, it's going to be like the flu shot, right? You're going to have to get it every year. It's going to be, so it's good. It could be recurring revenue for the companies. This is not, it's not just a one-off like a, like a Meagles vaccine, correct? So we don't know. So, uh, the, you know, the, the big question around what's the durability of protection that's unknown, right? I mean, we've only had these trials out for a few months past the second vaccine dose. Um, what we've seen at the three months, Postmark so far is that there seems to be some durability in this immune protection. And so, you know, it seems unlikely that that's just going to fall off a cliff. And, and, and this is this is a point where I think the innovators are a little bit, um, you know, incentive aligned to suggest you need annual vaccines. Obviously, if I'm, you know, a vaccine provider, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to want you to have it annually. Um, so I, I think the jury is still out a little bit on that. And I think we're going to need some longer term data um, to really see um, you know, how long this, this lasts, but, you know, to, to think that, you know, every single person is going to get vaccinated every year. I, I think that's too bullish of an assumption. Okay. And, uh, you know, you see, you know, every other day you see something about, um, you know, different strains of the virus and we're seeing this and, you know, whatnot is that, I mean, is it one vaccine cures all? Or is there going to be, you know, other strains of all? I mean, that's impossible to have a crystal ball to say that, but uh, just address those concerns uh, of people that, hey, there's this just strain, but what about, you know, I, I read something else in Europe or whatever. Is that all hogwash or is there some validity to that? Sure. So, you know, the virus is, is mutating. I mean, I should maybe step back and talk about the vaccine development strategy. So, all these vaccines are targeting the spike protein, which is this surface protein that recognizes the ACE2 receptor in your, in your cells that allows uh, entry of the virus, right? So, um, you know, the virus can mutate itself, but it still needs to be able to recognize in the spike protein, this ACE receptor, right? Because that's the cellular entry event, right? So um, typically what you'll try to do in vaccine development strategies, you're going to target something that's what we call conserved. Right. The structure of, of the of the spike protein needs to be somewhat conserved because if it changes too radically, it's not going to recognize the ACE2 receptor in your body and be able to infect you. So those, those you know, extreme mutants won't be infectious for spike protein. So uh, there's been a number of papers published looking at sequence and sequence variability for spike protein and everything that, you know, at least I've read to date, you know, has suggested it's pretty highly conserved and there, there aren't a large number of circulating variants that are known to you know, get around the vaccine, but still bind the ACE2 receptor. So for those reasons, I think that, um, you know, the risk is a little bit lower, right? Um, um, that we're going to see some, you know, you know emergent um, new strain that is completely, um, you know, untouched by the vaccines or antibodies that have been approved. Uh, are you going to get to the vaccine? And what would you say to people that are not going, that are saying, no way, I'm not getting that vaccine? Yeah, this question comes up a lot. So um, I, I certainly would. And, and the way I describe it to folks is that, you know, it's sort of a false argument to compare, you know, the, per the perceived risk of the vaccine versus no risk. I don't think that's a fair comparison. I think the fair comparison is 
what you ever perceive the risk of the vaccine is versus actually getting infected with virus. Because I think that, you know, look at the case numbers in the U.S. these days, right? That, that, you know, and it, I don't think there's anyone that reasonably expects that if they just were to go about their normal life, that they wouldn't be exposed and actually be infected with the virus. So um, one thing about, let's use the mRNA vaccines as a, as a proxy, right? Um, these express antigen for hours to days, right? And then you, you know, your, your body produces a humoral and cellular-based immune response, and then it has some durability, which we've talked about. Um, think about what happens when you get infected with the virus, right? It, it, it gets into your system and you know, enters your cells, and it tries to manufacture an infinite amount of itself. And in, in some people, you know, right, they shed mass amounts of viruses These are the super spreaders. Um, some people become highly symptomatic, right? You know, obviously we've seen the death rates and everything else. So um, there's no comparison what, you know, from those two choices, right? Um, there's no comparison that the risk of getting the vaccine is fractional relative to the risk of actually getting um, the virus. And I think that's a more fair, you know, in the, in the context of a pandemic, that's a more fair comparison, right? We're not talking about a vaccine for something that, you know, you can choose not to be exposed to. So um, that's how I frame it. That's a really good point. Mark Charest is the uh, founding partner at LifeSci Fund Management. He's also the portfolio manager of the alpha-centric LifeSci Healthcare Fund. The ticker flag is L-Y-F-A-X. Mark, we appreciate your time today. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. All right. Let's get to uh, non-healthcare biotech. Let's go to Roku here. Uh, that was one of the top stories of, I guess, yesterday or this morning, uh, finally signing a deal uh, to get HBO Max on their platform. So in light of that, Benchmark is out with a new street high price target. I think I want to say it's like 410. I, it came across the screen quickly, so that may not be totally right, but it's somewhere in the 400 range. Um, and Roku, it's up this morning. Uh, I'll give you the pre, I mean, no, to say gapping up a huge amount here, uh, pre-market high 349.98. You haven't even leaked that much off it. Ah, uh, you're at 346. So get back up there. Take out that pre-market and high, get going. If you got weekly options and you're playing something on this one, uh, you know, just remember that, that, you know, those premiums off the open, you know, the 340, 345 calls, Whatever you got, they're going to be jacked. I have no I, no idea where to buy this on a pullback. Storied stock um, that's melting up into the end of the year. They're also getting HBO Max on there, which is another catalyst for the 20-point pop here overnight. I mean, they just want to buy this stock. Um, you know, Valuation hasn't mattered in Roku for a long time. So you can't look at it from that perspective. It's been a rocket ship. I'm not coming in now. All right. <laughs> I just said that. Yeah. What are we going to do? I mean, what I are we going to do? Like, you yeah. know, okay. Uh, uh, I mean, what's on HBO Max? Is it that good? Have uh, anybody watched anything uh, on that? The HBO uh, library is, fan, is is top top shelf. So does that make you bullish AT&T, Dennis? You well, that's about what that. I'm actually long AT&T. I did buy some. I bought some just, I thought that maybe, you know, it's going to get the streaming story going to it. But there's so many other of its businesses that aren't performing. Yeah, I'm in yeah. from right around here. I bought a few days ago. It popped up to over 31 immediately. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. Now it's back down actually a little <laughs> bit below where I bought it. I think I bought around 30 and a half. Um, I, 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 was, I just thought, you know, we had that big pop and we pulled back. I mean, you're still kind of in there. I think it's going to test 30. And now what does it do at 30? Does it try to hold that or does it take it out? And is this just continue to leak? 
you know, the tough story is one, it's got a nice dividend of six point eight eight percent. But yeah, when stocks are but when stocks are flying high, you know, and going That's up ten percent a day, nobody gives a crap about a six point eight eight percent dividend. That's why, you know, dividend protection hasn't been that great on a lot of these stocks. They want growth. Is HPO Max gonna be the difference? I don't know. There's a lot of their other businesses are suffering. So I I thought the streaming story can maybe carry it a bit, especially after the big Disney pop. But here it is coming HBO Max going on Roku and AT&T gets nothing for that. Roku gets 20 points for that and AT&T gets nothing. So I don't know. My thesis might be wrong here. I was hoping that this thing could get a pop. I've hated AT&T forever. Um, and I just changed last week because I was like, eh, maybe the streaming gives it a little bit of life. But it's showing me that I'm on the wrong side of the trade because it's already leaking here. So I might just cut this one. Have you watched uh, OJ versus the people or the people versus OJ? No, is that on Netflix? That's, on, that's on Netflix. I started that last night. It's not too bad. Not is too it good? Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If the glove so, don't fit, you must have quit. It's, it's not. Too, Cuba Gooding's pretty good at it. All right, Spencer, what else? Let's throw the chat. There's a bunch chat. of things right down throughout the show. Let's start with Chewy here. They're going to have a new a new peer, a new friend, a new competitor uh, here shortly because the SPAC du jour is uh, BarkBox, which is uh, going to be brought public uh, via... Uh, the ticker is SPIC. Uh, the warrants are SPICU, and uh, so so let's look at Chewy here. It's up. It's been running. It's up again this morning. Stocks that go to ninety six usually go to a hundred. That's a Kenny Glick method. You know what? It works. I mean, the stock has been running. It's another Roku. You know, you can't look at it from valuation. Just look. It's a storied stock. People like buying stuff online. They like their pets. I mean, I guess this is why this continues to perform. A lot of these stocks probably melt up into the end of the year and then the January effect will come in here and there'll be some profit taking after January because people don't want to pay the tax. So they don't have those. And then you also have money managers who are like, they want to show these on the books that they had these you know winners here at the end of the year. So they get the window dressing effects as well. Santa Claus coming. Um, you know, maybe they pull the rug out from under us. Nothing's 100%, but it sets up that it's, you know, you think it's probably going over 100. Um, I think in Jan, I think if you're sitting on these as trades, you get towards you know through the Santa Claus rally, maybe they lift all stocks. I think in you know early January you're going to see some profit taking, but we're still two weeks away from that. Why are they just targeting dogs? Why is Chewy just targeting? No, dogs? No, 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 BarkBox because they're the most common household pet. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> It'd be fun when this one goes down. We can say it's a dog, right? Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, I don't know. Do they do they have something that helps you put uh, drops in your your dog's eyes? Uh, Lisa's out of town, and I got to get Perry drops uh, two times a day, and man, that's hard to do. I mean, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I Chewy obviously. I I don't know if this company's gonna step on their toes. I maybe a little bit late. We'll see how it acts off the IPO. I would not invest in Chewy, but as trades, you can't argue with the tape. Right. And I wouldn't in the bark box too. I mean, Amazon out there. I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen their products or what they offer. So, all right. Uh, back to the chat. I've been writing tickers down throughout the hour. Best buy here. I don't know why it opened higher the way it did this morning, but it's awful as high as now. Thoughts on BBY? It's trying. It's trying. It had that big sell off after earnings hit yeah. $100 mark. I mean, you got a level to yeah. lean on. Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't short it here. And if I was long, I'd, you know, I'd try and give it, you know, a little bit under 100. And 
That's yeah. a big move off the high. That's what I'm looking at Best Buy. Yeah, you're stopping yourself out just on those two lows. They're double bottom, 99, 69, 9.65. So you got a nice level there to lean on now. So there could be room. This stock could melt up to 110, you know, for the Santa Claus rally. So there's a little bit of room. This isn't one that's going to blast off. You're looking for 10% in a day. You're not going to get in Best Buy. But, uh, you know, it's not ridiculously overvalued. And it's just, it was a little bit of a story there. So I don't mind it. I don't mind. I mean, it's got a ways to go to get back even yeah, half of that. We're move, starting to sell so. off a little bit here on the S&Ps. Oh, yeah. Well, you turned it into meat, Dennis. We went down two points. <laughs> we went down three points. I turned into Joel. What's going on? We Dude. just sold off three points. Pop, Pop and Powell, do something here. The market just sold off four What's points. He? We can't have asset prices going down. Do something, Pop and Powell. Open the window. Use this market. Open the side window and listen. <laughs> yes, immediately. I want you to know that thanks to Oliver S, uh, it pumping Powell is already trending on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> you yeah. gotta try. I tweeted out just now. I'm taking. <laughs> I'm running with this pumping Powell. Yeah. Everything is gonna uh, be pumping Powell. If anybody uses that and they don't, they don't footnote me on it. I didn't footnote you in my tweet, so you're already oh, mad at me. <laughs> okay. Back uh, to the chat. I want to get to a couple more tickers. What about Room here? VRM. They announced a, a, a smallish acquisition a couple of days ago. They're going to buy Car Story for $120 million nah, in cash and stock. It's been a stock that has just been in the gutter. Let's. It's it, You had some consolidations, 40, 41, 42 area here. I think it could struggle with that. The one thing is, is you know, you're on a little bit of a run here, and it's a dog, and some of the dogs are barking. So could it have eventually a 50 on it again? Maybe. I'm not that excited about this one, though, because you know what? When stocks are coming off of lows, they don't go up as easy as the stocks that are breaking out at new highs. Um. I need, uh, is that the right symbol, VRM? Yeah, Boom, you okay. got it. Yeah, I mean, it's coming up, trading up. And that's not a big acquisition. I can see that. This thing's got some room to run. It uh, got a little carried away off its IPO a couple months ago. So climbing back, 75 to 35, a little bit under, 40-point move. This thing's got some room. Good couple days, four-day, five-day winning streak. Definitely going to find some buyers on a pullback resistance if you're looking for like a short-term target today oh 41.46 dennis mentioned that that was the no no ooh, that's still a couple bucks away november 11th high 38.29 kind of in the middle of nowhere what about light speed point of sale lspd we haven't talked about this one for a couple of weeks it's been relatively quiet just sort of hanging out. Somebody told me it's a Canadian company. I did not realize that. I like any company that's a tech company in Canada because there's not a lot of good Canadian tech companies. It's also why I thought Shopify, you know, was going to have the run that it did because it's not a lot. So if this is Canadian, I, I don't know if anybody can verify that, but somebody tweeted at me that it is. Um, you could see it's it's in consolidation station. Trend's been higher here. I mean, yeah, it's ran, but I mean, everything is running here again. I would stop myself out if I was putting it on today at 58 and a half or 59. Um, I would stop myself out, out at the low of the move, which is 56.11. So you're risking three bucks, getting a look, getting, you know, position for the potential Santa Claus rally or the pump and Powell rally. Which one is this again? I'm sorry. I'm, LP, I'm... LSPD. LSPD. Yeah. It's a, like a technology for retail, right? It's point of sale systems. Uh, why, why can't, wait, this 
I may I better not do anything on this game and pull up the symbol. Uh it's not the, the trading platform. Uh and, and yeah, you got it. You got it there now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. From Montreal. So yeah. Uh, they, they are they are Canadian? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see. I it. like that. I mean you got even got a parallel. Yeah, 57. I see that 5612 low. It looks quiet. It's been in an uptrend, consolidation, uptrend, breaks out of the consolidation, move higher. Uh, yeah, I don't mind no, it. Yep, don't mind that Stop one. Stopping out under 56. You put on any trade as long as you know where your out is. My out would be 56. All right. uh, Dennis, what was the stock you talked about, uh, you tweeted about last night that had an insider buy? And it P-R-O-G. Had- it's come back down now, but this just is getting stupid. I mean, here's a stock. An insider buys. I don't have it in front of me here. I tweeted it out. So if you have my tweet, you can read it. It was uh, insider, 250 grand or something. Insider buys $250,000 worth of stock. It's not a huge purchase. 250 grand worth of stock. I mean, okay. I mean, a normal investor might buy 250. A big investor might buy 250 thousand dollars. So insider buys 250 thousand dollars worth of stock. The stock at one point last night, P R O G, not R O G, P R O G. Joel's doing Raj Frog P S and Paul. The thing it's up to 535 multiple times here this morning. That's tacking on a good 30 million worth of market cap. So somebody buys $250,000 worth of stock and the stock goes up $30 million worth of value. If you're going to start seeing this happen, and I'm predicting this for 2021, you're going to start seeing all these little insider buys because the insiders take note of that. And they're like, holy cow, I bought a quarter million and my stock went up 30 million. I mean, you're going to start seeing all these little insider buys start to happen if the market's going to reward them like that. Now, again, this has given it back substantially from those highs this morning. But if you're paying up, you know, six, you know, 10, 15, 20 percent on stocks for um, an insider buy of a quarter of a million dollars, you're paying up way too much, in my opinion. But I mean, I actually traded this a little bit last night. Um, just because, you know, it was, it was good trading in there. I thought it got silly too. Uh, but sometimes these things, you know, can continue to go. I mean, the market is irrational. It doesn't say it necessarily has to go back down. I'm just saying, I think insider buys, they're going to start seeing more little insider buys from little companies if the market's going to reward them like that because that's just craziness. Should have bought a half a million. Yeah, the stock had like doubled. <laughs> it been like $8. I mean, come on. I mean, if somebody buys a quarter mil worth of stock and you're going to put on $30 million worth of market cap, that's just ridiculous. Do the math. Well, it goes up more than, you know, because you're giving the vote of confidence is what the market's looking for in a stock yep. like that. It's been in the gutter. But is a vote of confidence worth that much? You know, that we're getting 20%, you know, maybe in some cases that the stock's really beat up. But there's this has had insider buys a couple other ones too in the last few days. This isn't the first one. So, you know, maybe it's a trend that people are getting turned on by it. Or maybe it's just the fact that hey, the insiders realize, oh, I buy a little bit of stock. And my stock goes up a lot. Um, you're going to start seeing stuff like that happen, I believe, which is, you know, not what I think, you know, I don't think it's that's not solid. And I mean, something for a trade, not for necessary. I'm not even for a trade. I'm just making a point that right. this is how irrational this market is. That, you know, you get, you know, just any type of positive news. I mean, they can go and sell a hundred million dollars worth of Chewy and they'll completely ignore that. Uh, you know, the, the market will completely ignore that and not care. And somebody will buy a quarter million dollars worth of this PROG stock and then pop the stock 20%. 
I mean, this is just showing you how much ex irrational exuberance is really out there to take it from Alan Greenspan. All right, 904, that'll be a wrap for us today. There's our disclaimer. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. I want to thank our guest today, Mark Charest. Thanks to all of you in our chats. Hit that like button. We appreciate all the likes, all the comments, all the super chats. Uh, PSA, I will be uh, in the co-pilot seat for SPAX attack at 11 o'clock. Oh, Mitch is off today and tomorrow. So for some reason, what two days off already? He just said, I, Hey, I don't know. He took a couple days off. Allowed, Mitch. Maybe that wasn't on our show today either. What's going on here? Anyway, you young kids, you young kids just don't want to work. Yeah, I don't want to work these. Yeah, years. they want everything. They want they want stimulus checks, is what they want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you they can get them, Joel. They get them. <laughs> you can catch a replay of this show, of course. On, bucks. We're on every major podcast platform: Spotify, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Tune in. I think I got all of them. Uh, anyway, that is all. We'll be back again at 3.40 p.m. Eastern time to wrap up today's trading session. Everyone have a good rest of your day. Good luck. And wherever you are, stay safe and stay warm in the snow. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.